Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. And this week on the All About Affordable NFT podcast, well, well, we're back remotely talking to each other, but we're going to be talking about your adventures at ETH Denver. I think I'm going to go with the title of this episode, Can't Spell Denver Without ETH, which, Fact. yeah, you factually yeah. need those E's. <laughs> Fact check. Well, uh... Well, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, I don't want to lead too far with that. Uh, there's not much new uh, in my wallet. I don't know if you picked up any any fun fun trinkets while walking around. Any, uh, you know, a lot oh, proof of attendance. Uh, yeah, exactly. A lot of those. Otherwise, I did get my my ticket for ETH Denver as an NFT, uh, though it definitely did not solve the the registration process. So that was a mess. Oh man, so blockchain efficient. You have it here, our first little nugget. Blockchain did not fix the human queuing issue of conferences. Yeah, you, uh, I don't understand why this is such a problem. At, at, at these types of conferences, it really feels like this should get worked out. There are, there are many places that bring in 40,000 people every night for maybe a sporting game or so, and they get them in and out. And they don't seem to run into these issues. I'm just remembering back, we were both at... I was at a very different conference for nonprofit fundraising and then getting a text from you being like just waiting in lines. I was like, waiting. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, there were some there were some great things. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get there. but you know, there there's always uh, some some pros and cons, right? All right. Well, kicking into the news, I thought this this was an uh, impressive one to be thrown out there. Amazon NFTs and hypothetically tied to real world assets. So a little uh, digital play here. I'll be honest, two years ago, me would be jumping up and down saying, finally, everyone's going to be here because Amazon's getting into the NFT game. New, more jaded me. Well, what do you think, Andrew, from this one? I mean, it's, it's a good thing. I don't think we're going to see a huge uh, influx of people from this, but I do think it's it's... Uh, going in line, what we have been seeing, you know, along these trends of, of businesses of, of real companies getting into this and seeing uh, the the potential of NFTs, I, I think that there it's a positive, and I don't think that we're going to all of a sudden see uh, millions of people get into the NFT space. Yeah, I mean they're creating an NFT platform, but I really think there is upside in terms of even like supply chain tracking of, you know, we right now we like wander onto what UPS to like hopefully find where that package went and it sits somewhere. So maybe there's additional functionality that we have yet to imagine that Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime uh, customers may, may get access to. We'll see. 
Yeah, I think it's, you know, they, I guess there's a, there's rumors that they have 15 collections coming out and you can definitely see how this could get them into some of the maybe collectibles market. Uh, Amazon, I would say has some issues with, uh, I mean, they have a huge catalog, but it is often hard to uh, tell what is an authentic product. So I could definitely see some potential here if they can just start experimenting with this in different ways and, and maybe bring some uh, just give consumers and hopefully uh, vendors some more uh, insight into uh, the sales on their platform. Yeah. All right. What else we got here? All right. Let's see. We've got, uh, so Neil Stevenson, uh, the author of Snow Crash, uh, first coined, I believe first coined the term metaverse, uh, first just had a, an auction for uh, some of uh, let's see the manuscript from that, uh, from snow crash. And I believe there was, uh, there was two original manuscripts. So painting these went, uh, I, I think the estimates were around 50,000. And I think the, let's see, manuscript went for 300,000. Yeah. And actually the estimate was 20 to 30,000. So impressive sales here. Uh, Neil Stevenson's got a, I would say have a, has a, uh, very big following in the, the crypto, uh, among a crypto user so uh, impressive here yeah i think pieces like this that kind of mark you know actual metaverse history and the ideation around it i get why this is getting uh what it's getting there's like this hand forged tachi saya it's like a beautiful looking sword yes. thing here yeah, right sword with, one with an nft with an nft with an nft in that part sorry <laughs> this thing looks cool yeah um, right i don't think it's worth the you know hundreds of thousands of dollars it went for, but I, I get it. And it's interesting, you know, previously this would have been a, just an IRL object, but you're seeing this pairing. And so it's interesting seeing that pairing happen at a level of Sotheby's saying like, yes, here's the object, but also here's the digital ownership. I don't know what happens if you sell one, not the other. Still question mark. All right. So I've got some, uh, well, I, let's see, some art, uh, headlines here we've got uh yuga labs i guess with their first what i would say real art collection and this was done on the bitcoin network with uh ordinals so this uh of course it was yuga Labs, so there was controversy around it the i mean part of this is due to the nature of, of bitcoin nfts bitcoin ordinals it was a generative art collection they look sort of like bubbles in various uh, sizes and colors um so to participate in this auction, you had to actually send your Bitcoin over to Yuga, uh, to a Yuga owned or Yuga owned and controlled wallet ahead of time um, in order to, to uh, bid with the promise that they would refund all, uh, all funds that were not used in winning bids. Obviously not a very decentralized way to do it. And a lot of criticism was was thrown their way for setting a very poor precedent uh, for how to run an auction on the ordinals or in the ordinals uh, universe. <laughs> One of the quotes here from a technical fellow on on Twitter that's part of the ordinal crew is said, Yuga is establishing a really bad precedence running an auction like this. Mm -hmm. And frankly, they're they're taking custody of bidders Bitcoin with a promise to send back unsuccessful bids and They'll probably do it, but this is uh, a model is a scammer's dream. So, you know, they made $16 million, but I, I don't know, 
you know, in the grand scheme of things, like let's just be clear, last week they did seven million in sales for other deed alone. Uh, I'm not sure if 16 million is is a win for them for for what this put out there or not. But I uh, I don't think they did they did this quickly is what I'd say. Right? They did this quickly because they realized there is a hype cycle involved right now with ordinals and this sort of like be first, be prominent type of activity that we see, frankly, on on any new blockchain meets NFT opportunity, right? That that FOMO. And sometimes when you do things super quickly, you make mistakes. Uh, I haven't heard of anybody getting rugged, scammed, or, you know, generally uh, taken advantage of here. But I don't know if this is the, you know, blockbuster they were maybe hoping for. Yeah, I don't know. I, think, uh, I mean, the prices seem pretty impressive to me. The lowest bid, uh, the lowest winning bid was about $50,000. That's about 2.25 uh, BTC. The top bid was a little over 7 BTC for about 160000 From a price standpoint, it certainly seems, uh, seems pretty impressive. And I know there's a lot of uh, critics of Yugi here. I you know, and maybe this was putting it to, together quickly. I think there are some limitations of, I mean, not just the infrastructure that's built on Bitcoin, but being able to put a bid on chain as you can on Ethereum, I believe would be uh, quite a bit more costly and uh, time consuming. Um, so I can see how running an auction would present some some unique challenges on the the Bitcoin network versus Ethereum. Anyway, getting on, we've got more art here. We've got Claire Silver, uh, a, one of the more prominent AI artists out there. She has her latest collection premiering at the Louvre in Paris. Uh, this is this is big. You know, we've had a few ding, uh, uh, forays of NFTs into to some traditional and uh, traditional art museums recently, and uh, this is really cool. I mean, we've talked a little bit about AI art and so. Uh, really, really coming along and Claire Sofer is definitely at the forefront of that. So it's great to see her getting recognized here. So I'm curious, like if you wanted to pick up a, a Claire Silver piece, like what would be your approach to figuring it out? Hmm. Well, looking at, uh, looking at, well, I guess I would look at what she has for, for pieces out there. You know, I know that she was one of the first, uh, she had one of the first three collections on the uh, rareable, uh, right? Uh, well, I was going to say the, the AI our collection, uh, where Pindar had his ben collection, Arman, yeah. uh, Pindar, yeah. So she had one of the first three, uh, what's brain, I'm so one of those collections that I think those are, you know, those have got up there, she's got pieces on super rare. So I think really trying to understand where, you know, anytime you're, you're trying to first get to know an artist's collection is really just figuring out what they really have out there, you know, but I would look at, uh, her, her AI works. I think, you know, listening to, to others that are more immersed in the AI art world, I think there's a lot, uh, there's a, there's just going to be a lot that develops quickly here, most likely. And that we're going to look at some of these early pieces as, you know, relatively rudimentary, uh, pretty quickly. So I think it's, it'll be interesting to be, to see the development and to also see how people are experimenting and developing uh, both their own skills and using the technologies that come along and the way that she's been interacting with this from start with and, and making NFTs of the, of, of her works, I think will be, 
will give collectors a, a great opportunity to pick somewhat take snapshots of different points of your career and, and the, the technologies that are available and what's being done to see how that's changing. Yeah. I couldn't actually even like, it's kind of interesting. I went to her site. I was trying to go through her rareable elements. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's nothing on sale. <laughs> Just there was nothing listed at all. Yeah. There's like nothing, nothing listed there. Um, yeah, it's actually kind of hard to, hard Brain to tell. Brain drops like, the, the one that I was uh, trying to come up with earlier. I, I don't know what that collection was at. That was uh, one that, you know, unfortunately, I think we, neither one of us picked up. Of course not. Early on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where that Genesis was her collection there. So it's, it's technically. Let's see the third collection on the, the brain drops, uh, yeah, the brain drops one, but it was also the smallest 22 of those ETH. three. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the floor. 22 the... ETH. I think okay, is, the, there you go. is the floor there. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. That's, that's great to see. And you know, this certainly, um, will help her get more attention. I am really, I am excited about, uh, TR digital art, crypto art being accepted more by a traditional art museums and art collectors, curators, uh, I think this will bring a lot more attention to, to some of the, the real use cases of NFTs that, that really do solve problems of, of being able to look at the generation of the piece and tie it, tie the, you know, who hold, who, who's held it throughout history and see when that happened and see where it is now. It's a huge improvement over what the art world has had. Well, yeah, that sort of chain of ownership is real. And then I think it's also exciting that, you know, as you collect these artists and you just get one of those moments where, oh yeah, I'm going to be at the Louvre or as Americans say, Louvre. Uh, oh, that's the pronunciation, by the way, for Americans, just so you know. And yeah, right. Sorry. You know, <laughs> it's fun though. Like that's back to the fun side of things. And then like rooting for an artist, rooting for your team, you know, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, like, honestly, we were talking about brain drops and getting into it. And we were one dart throw to the left, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Talked about on the podcast. That's fine, but that's, that's part of the game. That's really exciting that we were shopping in that pool. We were telling you all to go shop in this pool of artists at this, like at these different points. And I, I think that's, that's part of the fun uh, and exciting for the, the next wave of NFT hysteria to come. All right, and another art piece is just pretty much news of a big sale. Christie's had an, let's see, Christie's had an auction. This was uh, for a Fidenza, Fidenza number 724. So uh, this one in particular has very small lines on it. It had been getting uh, a number of uh, impressive bids since uh, the, over the past few months or, you know, even longer than that. This ended up selling for $440,000. So this was sold in USD or the sale was conducted in USD. And, you know, I think he, I don't know, in a way you think that maybe it'll be under the radar or something on this other, you know, where it's taken out of kind of where the people that value it the most are, are more likely to see it. And still, uh, yeah, this, you know, the, the buyers found their way to, to Christie's forever. This is a bear, uh, bear market folks. This is a $440,000 auction for, for this Vicenza. Uh, very impressive. I mean, you're, we're saying bear market, but also let's just keep in mind that 
NFT sales in February uh, were the highest that we have seen since last May, and they topped $2 billion. Now, yeah. I know I know what you're going to say. You're like, uh, let's not blur the numbers too much. Oh, but nice, yes, nice. Yes. Look at that sick dad joke pun in there for the win. Yeah, you're welcome. $2 billion is still a big number, and yeah. we haven't seen that again in, in, in a year since the Terra collapse, you know. Pop, popped a bubble. So I don't know, maybe signs of life here, but certainly no, yeah, there's absolutely. a lot of buzz. And I, yeah, I am I'm somewhat joking when I say this is a bear market. You know, there's still activity here. You know, we have seen that NFTs in particular have seemed to have a little bit more life to them than some other areas of, of maybe DeFi over the past few months. And man, pictures, pictures really get collectors going. That's, that's a serious sale. That's, it's great to see. Let's see, we've got more, more businesses where companies getting into this because they see money we've got getty images releasing their first nfts uh in partnership with candy digital candy digital has worked with uh, i know major league baseball i believe some other sports uh the sports companies as well in the past uh, as far as i know this is their their first one outside the sports world it could be wrong about that but i mean yeah i think getty's got some some, if you know, they have a huge library. They are uh, very happy to capitalize on the images in that library. So it seems like a pretty obvious match here. This is really, uh, I'll go with kind of disturbing to me because I think when artists, photographers sold these images, I don't know if they could have forecasted, projected the all of the rights therein, right? Like this is their artwork back in the day. And I think it's one thing to, sure, it's going to go on a magazine cover and Getty gets a take. I'm not sure how much goes back to the artists, but if you're looking at how they're putting together collections of iconic images from famous photographers from the 1970s, there's some really, you know, iconic pieces being put together here, you know, depicting folks like Elvis, Bruce Springsteen, Rolling Stones, Jimi Hendrix, many more. I'll be honest, like, it's interesting, uh, especially because they're like saying the prices are going to range from $25 to 200 So one of the things, if you're going to be hunting in uh, this market, I would say don't just buy the picture simply because it's a picture, but I would say pay attention to as much, if not more, the provenance of the photographer. Put in another way, who's the yeah, Ansel Adams of these images, too. right? There's an Ansel Adams in here. I don't, I mean, I'm not brushed up on my 1970s famous <laughs> photographer series, but worth a, a touch of research. There might be a gem in there. Yeah, I would look at it more. I mean, Candy Digital, I think, has for the most part uh, been willing to meet demand. Mm. I would look at it very much as a collector item, maybe not that will appreciate at least not very quickly. At least that's my impression. I'm not, I'm not getting into that. So candy usually sells, sells as many as the market will bear. Seems and then to be 10 the more, 10 th and then 10,000 more. Okay. Yeah. Right. So we've got, man, there's lawsuits coming from, uh, some of the, the, uh, celebrities that were pumping board apes and other NFTs, like sport apes or the, the, the ones that come to mind in particular. Uh, Jimmy Fallon has been asked to be excused from testifying in a board ape. Uh, I guess this is actually a trademark case. I maybe miss 
read something about this. Oh yeah, it, it is. So it is the, the writer rips uh, trademark case. So uh, I forgot they had two, the two different lawsuits going on. They've got the one where writer rips, the artist created another lawsuit. I mean, another, uh, another collection using the same pointing to the exact same images as, you know, or as we've discussed, the images are actually posted off chain. So he just made a collection pointing to these. So uh, they have tried to uh, subpoena Mr. Uh, Fallon in this one, just trying to pull in the celebrities. I don't know what to think of all of this at this point. These lawsuits, it just seems like they're, both sides are just trying to find, or, or I guess one side's trying to find a way to keep it in the headlines and the other side trying to do everything they can to make this go away. Are you, t you tired of Yuga yet or what, George? Yeah, I truly am kind of exhausted by it. I, I do think one of the net effects of this is turning off celebrities from yeah, getting involved exactly. with this. Because one, even if it was free, question mark, or paid for, question mark, which is the real reason Jimmy Fallon should be testifying in right, a court of law, frankly. That's what I originally thought. And then we got into it. I'm like, it's that BS? Look, the headaches involved with this, uh, hopefully I'll come back to, if you are a celebrity, you must disclose when you are pumping your own bags and when you've been paid to say words, like plain and simple. Um, but this is not making, I think, any celebrities run back into the fray. And I think that is fine. Yeah, for actually. That's not so bad. All right, we've got a couple of... A couple of new, or not new, returning NFT festivals going on in March. It's Miami NFT Week is coming up. Um, so this is different than... Basel? Than, you went to Basel. Than, than our Basel, that's right. So this is completely focused on NFTs where there's... Our Basel. How is this not Basel? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I think it's just... The, for Miami, people want another chance to get, you know, go down to party in Miami and, and say... Oh, that okay. Are you NFT going? Event. I am not going, no, no. And then there's NFT. You can't swing sorry, it for a work trip being like, you know what we need? I'm, you know, but I, <laughs> I, I, I might try to go down to LA. There's Outer Edge LA happening later this month. Uh, that used to be NFT LA. That was a little little closer to home for me, so may be able to get there. But uh, yeah, the, the, the festivals are ending. Um, and maybe I'll talk a little bit more later about uh, what I've seen as the difference between some of the NFT festivals and East Denver. Mm. But I think yeah, we've got I'm more. Super, I'm super excited. We, we just had so much news. We did take a week off. We're sorry to our loyal yeah. fans. Also, reminder, we only have five more ratings before we crack 100. And I, I think we a digital party if that happens. Anyway, Do, uh, we, we'll back so, to... If we get there, should we make... I mean, it's... We need an NFT to, comm to commemorate it, right? <laughs> commemorate <laughs> NFT for the one, 100th subscriber, uh, no, ratings. Rating, uh, rating. Yeah, rating, that's what it is. God knows, subscribers, who knows. Uh, but back to that Emma, Miami NFT week, I want you to just guess last year how many how many attendees there were. Oh, at Miami NFT week last year. And, uh, uh, yeah, last year. Let's go, go 2,500. 5,000, 5,000, according, well, like, you know, according to their, okay, their stats yeah. of in-person, in-person attendees. And they said this year they're expected to draw in a larger crowd. So, you know. So expect lines, yeah. Yeah, expect lines, but also, like, if that many people are willing to no, fly there, pay for it, look for and explore exactly. art. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
All right. I think you've got one last headline that we wanted to touch on here before uh, getting into our topic. Uh, Vitalik has got an NFT collection. Uh, what can you tell us about this, George? Well, first off, this I feel like is maybe not news or news, depending on who you talk to, but coming from uh, Decrypt, uh, frankly, he, he surprised folks by by having an actual NFT collection. Classically, I think he's like talked about it as, I don't know the exact quote, but more or less like what a sideshow to what I was actually trying to build here. And it turns out he actually has uh, this collection, whether or not that's a real stamp of approval is another thing, but I think this was kind of funny. I don't know if there was any talk about it at uh, ETH Denver, but it's the, the Quadratic Funding Collection. I don't know much about it, but frankly, like the, it seems, so the difference is here that I think a lot of people will drop things into his wallet. And so it's kind of hard to say like, all right, wait a minute, is this him choosing or was it, you know, effectively dumped for, dumped for the sake of press into his wallet? But this seems real. So I'm trying to like figure out a little bit more about it. Yeah. So this is through. Gitcoin presents, right? And it just dropped this month. So it does seem a little bit more, yeah, more legit. Um, it does say that it's, uh, you know, looking at the uh, description, it does deem to be legit. Of course, that's, uh, you know, stuff to the side of a great scam. Um, but the floor right now is sitting at uh, just under 0.4 ETH. So um, not bad on, uh, on a collection of, let's see, 9,221 pieces. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I didn't. I hadn't actually heard much about this, other than just a headline here. So thanks for bringing this to us, George. Yeah, I didn't make it an affordable project, just because there's like a lot okay. to dig into. I did think there. Here's here's what I will say. If you are looking at uh, quadratic funding, which is a celebration of Ethereum, uh, there are a lot of participants. I think there may have been sort of a play here of hype around East Denver. I would wait until East Denver is full on rearview mirror and let that uh let that hype settle out a little bit before kind of you know aping aping into this um into this project. It is linked. We'll have the link in our in our show notes, but it's yeah, it's Gitcoin Presents. It was created in March. So far uh roughly nine thousand and E that um that has been done. There's uh, 9,000 items-ish. And yeah, interesting. Hit us, hit us up in Discord. Someone do some real digging on this. Yeah, um, really. But that's that's what we got. All right. On to, our, on to our theme, which is all about ETH Denver. So far, all I'll say is it seemed like there was a lot of people there based on what you were telling me. Uh, we, I know what, 13,000 plus folks there. Again, this is in Denver in these United States. It was in February. It's like one of the longest running Ethereum, if not the longest running Ethereum conference and put on, I believe, by the SporkDAO, if I'm not mistaken, which is actually a pretty good use of SporkDAO or of a DAO. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this was the biggest conference they've had yet. I actually read numbers of about 16,000. They had it in a new location. It was the first time that I'd been there this year, but it was a new, bigger location. Uh, the, the downside of that was that it was a little further from the the center of Denver, more on, uh, I don't know, outskirts of Sully, but more in, in, in a less uh, 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 less dense area. 
Um, so not as much around there, but man, there were a lot of people there and, you know, there, it's, seems like a very different makeup overall than, than some of the NFT conferences I've been to a lot more builders, developers, a lot more people in the uh, DeFi space, a lot more people really working in, in the crypto space, uh, or either working already or, or trying to work in the space. Then I've seen it at, at some NFT events where you get a mix of people. And uh, I think a lot of times, you know, you, there are a lot of people that just that are NFT collectors, holders, big proponents of a collection that are there. Often you'll get, uh, uh, people maybe just trying to pump their bags at, you know, you certainly get that at, uh, these events of people trying to say what's great about their, their project, but it's usually backed up a little bit more by, uh, by some, some sort of, uh, technical prowess, or at least, um, you know, trying to say that their product does something different more than, you know, than, than what we've seen at, uh, in the NFT space of, you know, we throw better parties or, or, you know, if you, if you come here, well, you know, you might get a chance to potentially get a new, more limited edition NFT, you know, and if, uh, again, of course that's, that's done at every part of crypto. You got to make people think that there's potentially more to come if you participate, but it, it wasn't as heavy on that part. Definitely more about what people are building, what's going on. There's a lot of interest from, uh, from I'd say more traditional companies, uh, in the space and you know, that's that's a really positive thing I'd say, you know, and, and again, you know, we were talking about the, the bear market earlier, but it is, it is definitely not what it was a year ago. And the interest is, is greater than it was then. Oh, interesting. So you think net net, it is higher in terms of that. I'm, I'm curious, you know, about the, the types of topics and, and by the way, we, we've linked to this in the show notes. You can actually go and like, I was looking through a bunch of like East Denver videos. There's actually like all this stuff is recorded. So you can kind of like sit there and, you know, geek out to your heart's content, it seems with, with all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There were some, uh, there were some, definitely some interesting talks about using some of the, uh, the new features that are yet to come, uh, to the, the Ethereum network. The next upgrade will be the Shanghai update that is, I believe, due uh, in about a month. Uh, I believe it's early April. It was supposed to be end of March. Um, this will include uh, ETH staking withdrawals, uh, which I'm sure there are some people looking forward to, uh, others uh, are nervous about, but there are uh, some other updates in there that will uh, allow uh, for, uh, allow to let's see you'll be able to allow your wallet to use it for it after you build the trade deck on your behalf for the wallet so that you don't have to sign every single transaction uh, we can get into this a little bit more but there was a lot on the DeFi side of what this could mean um there was also a lot of talk let's see rocket pool had some exciting news i believe rocket pool right now uh you need 16 ETH to to uh to run a node there where they're bringing it down to eight uh, and then there was another, I forget the, the name at the moment, uh, another uh, company that was talking about uh, being able to stake just our uh, front end open, just one ETH and cool that together. Just a lot of, a lot of interesting things happening and, and just new uh, kind of backend technologies being tied together. Uh, so still I'm surprised by the number of, of L2s, layer twos that I hadn't yet heard of that are out there and, and developing for very special use cases. Of course, base 
add a presence there. This is uh, the Coinbase L2 that is coming soon. Uh, they were there, but there were a number of others. There were still a number of uh, L1s. And you just realized that, uh, you know, whatever you think about the different L1s and L2s, and there's just a growing ecosystem here. And uh, he, we're, we're still so early on that, you know, it's hard to know exactly which ones are going to, to survive, but you know that this ecosystem is just growing and that by, I don't, the more you see these grow, the more they're interoperating with each other and uh, building a stronger network so that when people are coming in, there's a lot more to do. It's not really just, Hey, all right, I've got my, you know, even when it was NFTs, you know, you get this picture and then you couldn't do much with it. I mean, think of how, you know, there were so many sites that you couldn't even log in on it. At least you can do that now. I think we're still just starting to see uh, what really can be done with some of these technologies when you start putting them together and, and letting people build. So was the excitement like far higher, I think, than maybe last year? I mean, last year, right, they were talking about the merge. Merge is coming. This, you know, I think ERC4337, which is the underlying shift, which is then allowing Shanghai, uh, there are some awesome things that it seems like it it's going to do, but I'm just like wondering about the general energy given, frankly, the beating crypto has has taken. Were people like, you know, like talk to me, the average geek walking down the hallway with a backpack and a laptop, like, were they like sulking or were they like, let's build, let's go? Like, what was that vibe? You know, I think. It, it was a great vibe there. You know, I think probably filtered out a lot of those people that maybe had been <laughs> super bummed out. Maybe, uh, hey, you know, if you've been completely wiped out, may not have uh, gotten on that plane to fly to Denver and spend a few days there. Liquidity you know, issues, you're saying. Right? Some liquidity issues. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so there is some, that, that's definitely a factor. You know, that being said, you know, it's, I think there is. There's a lot of, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot going on. There are new things happening. We have had the merge we've had, you know, there's, there's new things happening and, you know, I guess there's, there's a, less of a focus on price, which isn't, you know, it's hard to, I think it's kind of hard to talk about price. It, it's hard to ignore when it was, when it does go crazy, when, you know, when, when they, especially when it gets up or it moves up or down really quickly and. I don't think it's really that interesting to talk about unless you're, you know, somebody that's moving around absolutely massive amounts that might have something to, to do with this. I mean, it's, it's nice, but otherwise you're really just kind of riding the coattails of others and, and it's, you're kind of subject to what the market does, which, you know, can be a little scary. It's not always fun, I would say. Well, there was a dizzying amount of logos that I saw as sponsors for ETH Denver. I mean, like just name after name, like I didn't know. I mean, I maybe vaguely knew half of them. I'm wondering mm -hmm. though, yeah. since I talked about, you know, parties and whatnot, I, uh, I'm old enough to have gone to back in the day when like Twitter was making their debut at South by Southwest. And like, that was the high tech scene and like the parties going on there, which were absolutely absurd how uh, i'm getting the vibe that that's not the case for ETH denver you know there are a lot of parties there i didn't get out to to many of the parties but you know hey i'm i'm 
I'm not the, uh, maybe target for that. I'm a little older than <laughs> some of the people going out to some of those. There's plenty of parties around there's, but the daytime is also, there's, there's a lot of great talks during the day. It's a four day event. I was there for, for two of the days the company I work for Xerox. We had a, uh, a booth there. So I was actually working at the booth some. And man, honestly, by the end of the day, I was exhausted. It's a, uh, it's a lot. Oh, to try you to... were on the booth. You were a booth I, jockey. I, well, I was, you know, only had to do a few hours at the booth each day, but, but really then trying to get out, even see people that, you know, I know from, from other companies that, that you know, either stop by the booth or just try to find people, but then trying to, to get something out of some of the talks and get around, um, it was a little hard mm -hmm. to hear some of the talks, but, uh, or, so, you know, you really have to try to hustle to, to get towards the front I found to, uh, to be able to hear well. So, uh, but it was, there's a lot of good just a lot to take away from, from the, uh, from that. So I was, I spent less time at events outside of the conference versus mm -hmm. other conference versus something like that. But it was definitely yeah, like a, a post event event scene, you would say. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of that. Um, I noticed, you know, we, we had team dinners and I noticed that there were, uh, um, well, I noticed that there were other companies doing similar things, but then, you know, there were, there were also a lot of things that, you know, they weren't starting until, till nine o'clock and if they, if they don't start till then, I'm probably not, I'll in, go, I'm, you know, I'm not there for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine like walking around the exhibition floor with all of those booths would have been a front row seat to, I mean, frankly, a lot of interesting tech and what people are building, you know, as you walk through there, you know, you, you're seeing apps you're seeing nfts you're seeing layer two you're seeing layer one which is kind of funny that you'd be there but yeah what absolutely. like what are the buckets <laughs> and were you surprised by any of the buckets that as you walk through you're like really you're here but you sell uh pickled shrimp not a thing um, I said well that. deloitte <laughs> deloitte was there that one surprised deloitte. me <laughs> you know they uh just, you know if you're not familiar they are one of the the four major consulting firms and the, as far as I know, don't have much of a crypto presence at this point, and they may be trying to figure out how to get into it. Uh, they did have an NFT slash gaming slash metaverse section that, let's see, the 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 booths that I can remember, the, the, the showcases that I can remember, right? World Wide Web uh, had a pretty, pretty interesting uh, offer of if you could beat something and there was a chance to win a million dollars or something. As far as I know, that it didn't happen. I think we, we, I hope we would have heard about that, uh, if that had happened, but there weren't as many, yeah, there weren't that many NFT. It was mostly gaming type of NFT, uh, companies that were there, not any NFT platforms that I saw or really any types of, let's see, I don't know, maybe analytics or analytics tools or, uh, or you know, different NFT collector tools. Uh, anything on that side, um, more on the more metaverse based NFTs, um, things like that. So little surprise that there wasn't more there, you know, especially with Patala coming out with his, his, uh, uh, his collection, somewhat joking. The other thing that I noticed there were a, there were a good number of, of law firms and not some of them didn't even seem to brand themselves all that much for crypto. They were just there, you know, they might've said something about it, but you know, they, they recognize that there, there's a growing need, uh, for legal representation in crypto. <laughs> so your lawyer's sitting there being like, 
you know and we know that you're going to be sued at some point. Come to Papa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, someone's like, say, damn it. <laughs> someone had a good one of, you know, uh, wait, oh, when you wink, you are going beyond code as law or something like that, beyond the idea of, you know, just whatever goes within the uh, Ethereum landscape is valid sentence in the code. You know, we've, we've talked about how that doesn't really work many times. And, you know, I think there's still a lot of people that are going to find that out. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see, right? I do want to go back to ERC-4337, which really rolls off the tongue uh, like a, I don't know, peanut butter sandwich. Yeah, right. So number one, what I like here and what it means kind of for NFTs, and I think we deserve to cover this again in, in more robustness, but like I'm excited because one, it recovers lost private keys. So it uses this like social recovery system, which is fascinating. I, you know, I'm not going to pretend to understand it. I'm going to be doing more into it. But one, like this like, password retrieval, which frankly is like the number one use case of like every single website that has a login. What people are doing is I forgot my password. That is an onboarding friction point. Next, number two here, secure wallets without seed phrases. Again, making it simpler for new folks. So like, frankly, they somehow are allowing a two-factor authentication and biometrics to protect wallets. Uh, and again, it's, I think, in part because it is a part like wallet contract hybrid made by, you know, brilliant freaking people that have done this hopefully the right way. But something smart happened and now it's going to be easier to deal with those seed phrases. Number three, they'll have automated trading, which means, I mean, bots, filters, ways of saying I don't want to spend over X in this given month. So it could even be a protection. So let's say you like have a fat finger. And you have 10 ETH in your wallet, but you know, you accidentally press a button and it goes over your threshold. Maybe it stops you. Maybe you can, you know, program things, but AI trading is an option. Uh, smarter yield farming. I don't even know. Like there's like a lot of interesting things when you get into automated trading. Cause right now we have to click, sign, 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 pay gas, get something through, and automated trading opens up uh, a whole suite of things. Number four, gasless transactions. And I think I get like it's not gasless so much as like it can be paid for you by somebody else like it, someone else can pay your gas for doing a thing which means it'll reduce friction which frankly if I were I don't know somebody betting the farm on flow which is one of those other layer ones that you know has made it simple for people to do very low no gas interactions like if this is something like where a company comes in and says for example Starbucks like everything you want to do with us gasless because we're just going to cover the gas. Yeah, the, the big thing there is that you don't have to have any any native tokens in your wallet to be able to to send something or to get something to your wallet. Because, you know, if you set up a new wallet, you can't, if you, if you get something sent there, you off, <laughs> yes, you can't move yes. those, you oh can't God, move those yes. tokens if you don't have any of the native, uh, the network's native token in there. You need that to be able to pay for the gas to be able to move it. Uh, so be able to pay for, for that out of another wallet, whether or out of another wallet contract anything um so that that specific wallet doesn't have to do it is huge and it actually is a gas saver as well because you don't have to authorize that specific one separately you know it's there are little things here that man it's it's there's see there are little things that just that will make it so much easier and be able to get people to come in and you know hopefully not have to stand in line for an hour because i mean you know the little things the little things that we can't get right <laughs> 
Yeah, but I mean, if you've ever, you know, had to sit by a, like a, a a faucet, right? Like they're called like faucets where they'll give you a micro amount because you need like like a little bit of polygon to do one stupid transaction. And you're like, I, I, I don't want to have to transfer a whole bunch of things to go get this like small transaction, which would then allow me to actually buy Polygon. But you need Polygon to buy Polygon. Like there's like a, whatchamata, right. cold start problem. And right. this That's... seems to solve it. Like, again, small, small, small. But these things add up and all of these things are reducing friction. Absolutely. Which means actual good things for adoption. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's, I think these are some big things for reducing friction it these are things that don't look they're not obvious if you don't feed into them a little bit more and understand how they will be used they will make a big difference and i mean that's why people are so excited with with some of these uh these these small changes that are coming well absolutely right like suddenly you can have a you know top shot type experience which was pretty smooth and elegant credit on board password properly done but also somehow it won't have that single point of centralized failure where you're like oh we've created a you know we're holding your digital assets don't worry they're fine unless they're not really uh really exciting any other would you go to east are you gonna go to east denver next year uh yeah i would definitely go back it was a great conference you know it's always good to 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 know it (laughs) before going a second time as well so you know i'd have the uh the uh the 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 knowledge from the experience of going this year but it is a really good conference a lot of um, a much different conference than some of the others i've been to you know still very much a crypto conference um but a great way to really get to stay on top of what's going on mm-hmm. were you everywhere were you speaking at this i know you've spoken at nft nyc but someone from your team was at least speaking at ETH, right denver yeah, a couple of people from my team spoke here at ETH Denver. I did not speak at this one. I've, uh, I, uh, I will be speaking at NFT NYC. You know, for now, I've, uh, I've kept my speaking to NFT, uh, NFT topics. <laughs> wow. Well, well, can't wait to live vicariously through you. I'm glad I didn't have to wait in any lines to get the the summary. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. Uh, Leave us a rating review. Help us to get past a hundo. It'd be nice to see. Uh, we probably won't have a celebration, but we'll talk about it. That no, that I can if, guarantee. If you leave a review, if you leave review a hundred, though, man, George Ooh. will give you a prize. I'll give you a pony. That's <laughs> good for a pony. Oh boy! Well, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't take all you, that much. I'll give right? you a buterin. All right. All right. See you out there. All right. Bye, George. Bye, listeners. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.